Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of The Edric Show. I am your host, Edric Jerome. This is the place for intelligent conversation with interesting people. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button, and you can get access to all of the content we post each and every week here on The Edric Show. Uh, my guest today is author, coach, and playwright Cassandra J. Howard. She's here to discuss her book, A Guide for Black Women to Break the Generational Curse, Letters from Your Black Boys, Mama, Please Hear My Plea. She's also the founder of Finding Voices Playwright Academy Coaching, which helps African-American boys with communication and social skills. Cassandra, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. It's my pleasure. My pleasure. So let's get right into it. Um, very interesting topic. Very interesting subject. Uh, let me start out with asking you what inspired you to write about this particular topic. Well, what inspired me to write this book is the trajectory of our Black families, in particular, the seemingly downward spiral of our Black boys. Our Black families, um, there's no sense uh, well, I should say the sense of community that we once had to help each other is not there. Our Black boys who were once the most respected or respectful are now the most feared in 2023. And that's that's a problem. That's a problem. <laughs> um, what do you hope readers will take away from your book? Because uh, it's like I said, it's such an interesting topic. And, and we'll get into the methodology you use to actually write the book because they're personal accounts, uh, which is really interesting. Uh, but what do you want people to take away after they read your book? What I want people to take away is the voice of these Black men and boys. I want them to take away the clarity about things, assumptions that may have been met how they feel about their very own existence, the teachings, the, the recommendations. Um, I want them to take away um, the positivity. There are some positive things that were stated, but as well as the issues that these Black men and boys deal with on a regular basis. Um, why is it important uh, for Black boys to be able to express themselves openly about their feelings, uh, particularly their fears and emotions? Because most, I shouldn't say most, too many, or at least some of the ones that I interviewed, of the men as boys uh, talking about their relationships with their mothers as boys, and then the two teenage boys too often, Black men and Black boys do not have a platform for someone to listen first. They need, want to, they have this desire to be first listened to and then understood, rather than sometimes they're told just to be quiet, your opinion doesn't matter, you're stupid, you, you don't know what you're talking about. And sometimes, unfortunately, that occurs in the homes from the mothers and the fathers. But since we were dealing with their relationships with their mothers, they, they oftentimes internalize things mm. because they do not feel respected. They hold so much in. So this, the, at the Black Men's Forum, uh, what God has allowed me to do is to create a platform for these men and boys to be heard. It's a, it's very important to understand what they deal with on a regular basis. 
Um, very interesting methodology in uh, crafting the book, because uh, as I mentioned, uh, these are actual stories, actual uh, personal accounts from the individuals who you interviewed as part of your research. So tell me about the methodology of how you uh, got the information and, um, you know, you you created a platform for people to be able to open up and actually express themselves openly and honestly. So tell me about that part. Oh, thank you so much for that question. Well, on June the 25th of 2022, my husband and I, I was leading it, but of course I had his support. And we created or put together what we call the Black Men's Forum. 19 men and two teenage boys participated. But prior to scheduling this event, I had put together a 58 a questionnaire, which comprised of 58 questions. These men and boys answered all of those questions. I was just going to take their data and then publish it in the book. But after reading their, their, their responses, I, it, it was so compelling. Some of the things that their mothers had impressed upon them, I called 13 men, two boys, and said, may I write your story? No one said no. And that's how this book came about. We, like I said, we did the forum on June the 25th. Two months later, we published it and it became Amazon's number one bestseller. Mm. Hmm. Um, and the age ranges, uh, you went from, from, you know, younger, younger boys all the way up to, you know, mature men. And, but there were, but there were similar themes throughout their, uh, their observations. So tell me about the age range and why it was so important for you to make sure that you captured uh, a wide age of, of Black male perspective? Well, I wanted to get different perspectives. And the age ranges were the 16 to 70. And then the average, I think, was 56 or 46, somewhere around there. I wanted to them to be able to say what was on their minds. What was their relationship with their, their mother's what good or bad? There was a lot of positives. I don't want to leave this this show with the idea that it was all bad because it was not. But there are some issues. They talked about the school system, for example. One hundred percent of the participants stated that the school systems are not set up to teach black boys. Um, you also had lessons, I guess. For fathers to learn, because, uh, you know, there's also a, a role for fathers to play. So uh, what are some of the lessons that you think black fathers may learn uh, from reading this book? Well, I would I would say that black fathers coupled with the mothers, one of the things that the men, you know, they're men, but they were speaking, answering the questions about as as boys, they were saying that they need no matter if the father is in the household or not, they want and need a relationship with their fathers. It's very, it's imperative. And if not their fathers, they need mentorship from other black male role models. That's one of the things they were saying. The other thing is that they feel that they are looked upon, too many of them are looked upon as a menace to society, and that the only thing that they can do well is play sports or have babies. 
And we know that that's not true. But if they're placed in a box and there's no one to aid them, then it hinders their potential to be the best that they can be. Uh, another common theme that I was able to pick out of from uh, quite a few of the, the interview subjects was uh, some of them were labeled head of household at a very early age as a male, uh, where where the mother would say, you're the man of the house now. And um, talk to me about that dynamic, because for a young person, you know, 12, 13, 14, that's a lot of pressure in addition to the pressure that society is already putting on them. Yes, uh, 33% around there of these men and boys said that they were told that they were the man of the household. And when asked, well, what were your thoughts about that? How did you feel about that? Well, it was not a good thing. I thought, you know, they were teaching me as well. I thought, okay, the boys saying, someone's telling them that the man of the household, that's good. It's not a good thing, especially if their father is not in the household or there's no positive male role model. Because in heavens forbid, if the mother is a single parent, of course, I'm not putting down single mothers, but if she's a single parent growing up or raising her kids in the inner city where times are hard sometimes, can't pay her PG&E, food is limited, can't pay the rent, if when that's the case, the boy feels compelled to help, but he doesn't really know what to do. So oftentimes or too many times that leads him to the streets looking for someone to help him, which oftentimes or too many times leads him to the jail system or to get in trouble because he's just the boy and he's trying to learn first how to be a boy. And when there's no one to teach him how to do that, it leads him to trouble. Hmm. Too many times. Um, what were some of the stereotypes about Black sons and their mothers that you wanted to challenge with this book? What I wanted to challenge is that's one of the things about being telling them that they're they're the heads of the household. The other thing is, and it's so very important for, for mothers to understand the pressures that, are, that these boys have to deal with in the school system. Dr. Kawanza Confucio, I think that's his name, in his book, the Countering the Conspiracy to Destroy Black Boys, said that boys, when black boys, when they reach the fourth grade, they get support from their families, but at, and they tend to do well. But after the fourth grade, that support diminishes, and then it leads him to do negative things. When that support should increase, it does not, and it hurts him. So one of the things is the parents, regardless if it's a single parent household or, or two parent households, really need to show up in those school systems. The other thing that what this just was so clear and it supported 
what these men were saying. The comment by uh, Bernie Sanders that said that one out of three black boys, one out of three will go to prison in their lifetime. And that's, that's another problem. The boys need their fathers. And some of the things that I want to challenge is that, and what these men are saying, although that sometimes or too often, society sees these boys as troublemakers, as thugs, that's no good. A lot of these boys are very intelligent but they need to be given the opportunity to showcase and they learn differently than girls. Uh, in fact, quite a few of the subjects that you interviewed uh, had college degrees and were professional people and were, were you know, um, what, what most would consider successful at, uh, educationally. So uh, you're absolutely right. That, that stereotype of uh, them not being able to get, they, they were in college, you know, they were, uh, doing the work and despite, again, all of the obstacles that are put in front of them. Right. Um, let me shift now and ask you about uh, about you and uh, what are some of the things you learned about yourself and your family uh, while writing this book? What I learned about myself is, first of all, that I was the vessel for these men to share their stories to create a legacy that will surpass them moving on to the next life. Um, one of the things that I learned about my brothers, uh, two, one, two, I wrote about two of them, two both are deceased now, but the one that just passed is his relationship with our mother. Truly loves her but he was still at the close to 70 looking for validation from our mother. And it's just so, so very important. Many people will say you're 70, so just get over it. But when that bond is so tight and you're looking for, the men are looking for that validation from their mothers, it's easier said than done to just move on. So he took that, he took that to the grave. Um, tell me about your organization now, Finding Voices Playwright Academy Coaching. Uh, what are the goals and the missions of your organization and uh, how are you going about achieving that with uh, helping African-American boys? Well, there's several, several missions. One is to find boys who are willing and wanting uh, to share their stories. I uh, have over 18 years of playwriting and directing experience. Um, I have the ability and capacity to bring out the best of them in them, to answer questions, to get to the heart of what they're feeling, and just to, for them, if they so desire, to be the star in their own production. The other thing that the other leg of this, of my organization is to teach people or help people to write their stories and to become a bestseller if they so desire. 
Um, so as we get ready to wrap up, let me now ask you what's next. Uh, are you working on another book or tell me what's next for, for Cassandra J. Howard? I am working on something that's major and I can't share it right now. Um, I probably will make the announcement towards the end of the year in a few months. It's, it's, it's a major project and it's going to be very impactful and working. I'm normally on Facebook posting. Um, just know I'm working very hard in the background. Yeah. Well, Cassandra, uh, I can't thank you enough uh, for the work that you're, you've done and continue to do on such an important topic, uh, creating an outlet that allows Black boys to talk about what they're going through, to talk about their emotions, uh, will lead to better outcomes for them. Uh, and you will have a, a hand in making sure that uh, these young brothers will know how to deal with problems and situations as they come up. And again, to me, the communication and being able to express yourself uh, and deal with your emotions is a skill uh, that will serve them well. And you are well on your way to helping them do that. So I thank you uh, for the work that you're doing in the community and you will continue to, do, to work in the community. And I hope you come back and uh, when, when you make the major announcement and uh, maybe we can break the news here on The Edric Show. Okay. Okay. I want to leave one thing, if I may. Of course. Anyone interested in reaching out to me, if they want to tell their story, if they're interested in being a star in their own play, if they're interested in becoming a bestseller, they can reach me at blackboys at findingvoicesacademy.com or call me at 707-639-1339. And um, we'll do a discovery call and see if we would be a good fit. Excellent. And the book is available at Amazon? The book is available on Amazon. Just just type in Cassandra J. Howard and it will show up. And for our YouTube uh, viewers, we'll have a link in the description. You can click and get right to it. Uh, well, Cassandra, again, uh, thank you so much for coming on the Edric Show. I really appreciate you uh, sharing your perspective and such thoughtful insights on on constructive ways to solve problems. Uh, I, I, I really appreciate the approach you took, uh, particularly around writing and uh, letting folks, quote unquote, get it out and, and really express themselves. So thank you and your husband for the work that you guys are doing. Thank you so very much for having me. You're very welcome. This has been another edition of The Edric Show. I am your host, Edric Jerome. This is the place for intelligent conversation with interesting people. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Let me know how I'm doing. As we bring you this interesting content each and every week, I want to thank you for tuning in and I will catch you on the next episode.